Hello, it's Tina Anderson with BattlegroundFitness.com and my monthly podcast, Get Fit, Stay Healthy. This is show number 45, and thank you so much, so many of you, for listening. I'm, uh, boy, I'm getting close to 80,000 downloads. Thank you so much. Uh, And boy, do I have an interesting one for you today. Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis is my guest. She will be talking pretty extensively about intuition, prophetic dreams, her personal journey beating breast cancer twice, guardian angels, and how listening to your body, basically intuition and dreams, how that helped her fight through her misdiagnosis in traditional medicine, and hopefully how it might help you with some things too you're going through. So before you decide not to listen because you don't believe in this kind of stuff, please consider that information and knowledge are powerful and can be life-changing. And perhaps, just maybe, you are here right now listening to me right this very moment, hearing this because you're supposed to be, for you or for someone else. In fact, it reminds me of, the, uh, of a couple quotes I saw and the first few sentences in one of them by Vera Nazarin, and she says, it's a fact. Everyone is ignorant in some way or another. Ignorance is our deepest secret. So I'm not implying that a difference of opinion about stuff like this makes you ignorant. I'm just asking you to keep an open mind, especially if your natural reaction is to close your mind to this. Okay? So here we go. Gosh, I feel like I'm preaching. But just in case uh, you feel like turning this off, don't do it. You never know, right? Okay, so I'm going to turn this over to my phone interview with Kathleen and the psychic aspects of healing. Kathleen, what I would love to start with is the moment that you knew something was seriously wrong or thought you were sick the very first time. Can you take us back to that moment? Tell us what that was like. I had already had um, my physical exams, my mammogram, blood tests, uh, all that done, and I was starting to have nightmares. But this one night, Peter and I, my husband and I were in the bathtub, and he said to me, what is this little spot, this like little tiny spot on your breast? I said, what spot? And I felt it, and it, it felt like fibrosic tumor. I get them all the time. And he said, well, this feels a little bit different. That night, I had my first really scary nightmare in which my a guided, uh, a spiritual guide stepped into my dream. And Tina, when they, when they do this, I'll be dreaming, and all of a sudden, in my dream, a window will pop up, just like a window on a computer, and you can't get rid of it. You keep trying to delete it. You keep trying to hit, you know, all the buttons, and nothing is happening, and the computer freezes. That's exactly what happens in my dream. And this guide stepped through and said, um, come with me. We have something to tell you. And the, the guide will lead me through this window or what it becomes a door, actually, to the other side, to the realm between realms is what I call it. And... In there, they said, you have breast cancer, and it's right here. And they took my hand and put it right where Peter had said, what is this? And I thought, well, this is just a fear dream. You know, you know, Peter felt it there, and now I'm having some weird dream about it, and I'm not going to pay any attention to it. But the next morning when I woke up, I thought, you know what? I think I'll just call the doctor again and and have him do the tests again or do different tests just to be sure just you know because 
maybe, you know, the fact that I had Peter find it and then I had this nightmare, maybe there's something there. So to make a long story short, Tina, I ended up going back to the doctor three times with three mammograms, three blood tests, three physicals, because I started having prophetic nightmares. And prophetic nightmares is when uh, you have a recurring nightmare that's giving you information and it won't stop. Um, it's every single night over and over again. And that is when I first realized something was really wrong. And then what clinched it is when my doctor said, Kathy, you've had three mammograms. You've had three blood tests, physicals. You are in tip-top shape. I played on two tennis teams. I worked out regularly. I was not fat. If anything, I was perfect as far as my body weight with my height and all of that went, I was, you know, really, really healthy. And um, I went home and that night, I had a really profound prophetic dream. In it, my God stepped through the, the window or doorway into my dream. My dream stopped and he said, come with me, I have something to tell you. And as soon as I saw him, I started crying. In my dream, I started crying and I said, look, I know what you're gonna tell me that I have breast cancer. I heard you before. I went back to my doctor three times. I don't know what else to do. I can't make him give me a different test. I, you know, tell me what to do, give me something, help me. And so my guide reached into his pocket and he pulled out this ratty looking little feather, Tina. And he said, if you go back to your doctor tomorrow and you use this feather like a sword, and you fence with him verbally, and you imagine holding this feather, you'll get the test you need, and the test that you need is exploratory surgery. That is the only thing that's going to find us. And I looked at him, and I took this ratty little feather, and I put it in my pocket in my dream, and I went right back into my regular dream. The window closed, the guide was gone, and my dream took off. The next morning, he had also told me, don't make an appointment show up on his doorstep. So the next morning I showed up at my doctor's office, who is, you know, a world-renowned doctor. And so I said, um, I need for you to do exploratory surgery. And he looked at me like I just shot him. And he said, Kathy, I can't do that. There's nothing wrong with you. You are healthy. And, I, and I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to win this one. And I remembered the feather. And in my mind, I reached into that pocket and I pulled out that little white feather and I pointed it at him and I said, you need to listen. You know me. I am not a person who would just keep showing up four times and begging you to cut me open, search around in my breast and see what you can find. I said, I know as a woman, I know something is wrong. Please listen to me. He looked at me and he said, okay. And I thought, oh my God, did he just say okay? <laughs> and um, again, you know, uh, my book is not out yet. It's still with my agent in non-publishing houses, so I can go into more detail in the book. But to, again, to make a, a long story short, I woke myself up out of anesthesia on the operating table. And I said to him, when I heard in my ear, we got it all. And trying to wake up from anesthesia is like trying to run in your dream. Right, right. So hard. I'm just 
dragging myself up that slimy black well of, of anesthesia. And I turned to him and I said, so what was it? And I heard my anesthesiologist, who was actually sitting up by my head, say, did she just speak? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> is operating on <laughs> And all you see are eyes. They're completely covered up. All you see are their eyeballs and bright lights and this smell of, I don't know, weird smells in there. And uh, he said, it, Kathy, it's what we thought it was. It's just a fibristic tumor. It's nothing to worry about. Go back to sleep. And he said to the anesthesiologist, give her more. And when I awoke, I knew something was wrong when my doctor walked in and pulled the, the curtain behind me. And then when he came over and took my hand, I knew I knew that, that things were not going to be good. And he looked at me and he said, pathology didn't like what they saw when they cut open the tumor. And I said, well, is it cancer? And he said, yes, stage two. And I immediately remembered in his office when he said to me, okay, um, meaning he would do the surgery. I said, well, who's going to do the surgery? And he said, well, I am. And I said, well, shouldn't we have an oncologist there? And he said, Kathy, you're too young for cancer. You do not have breast cancer. It's not in your family. It's just, if it's anything at all, it's a fibristic tumor. We're just going to take it off. You're going to be fine. And now all of a sudden he's saying, yes, it's cancer. I have to refer you to a specialist, which meant I needed a second surgery right away because he had just cut into a, a cancerous area and there was blood transference. Oh, geez. So if I, if I had had the oncologist that I had asked for, he would have taken one look at that and immediately taken over. He would have checked for clear margins. He would have checked the lymph nodes. He would have made sure that there was that, that he took it out in such a way that there was not blood transference. The, the steps that should have been taken at that point, and any woman listening to me who goes into their doctor and says there's a lump here, and the doctor says, well, let's just watch it. What you want to do is you want to say, let's do an MRI or an ultrasound, take a look at what it looks like. Then I'd like a needle biopsy to see exactly what we're dealing with. And if that needle biopsy comes back as positive, then you immediately go to an oncologist. Women are coming down with cancer at younger and younger ages. Our intuition has been there since the beginning of time. And we should never turn it off and ignore it in favor of science. Use them both. When given a choice, take both. Did the combination between what happened in the bathtub with your husband and the dreams, that happened at the same time. So do you think that you would have had the dreams had your husband not been the one to bring it to your attention? I was actually already having dreams. They started right off after I had my mammogram, which had been in August. It takes almost three weeks to get your results back. And, you know, they come, it comes in the mail. And right. the results was you're healthy, great, blah, blah, blah. And they started having these dreams. And then they started getting worse and worse and worse until I couldn't sleep. They wouldn't leave me alone. And when you are in crisis, Tina, whatever that crisis is, whether it's financial, divorce, bereavement, you name the crisis, our family from the other side. The, our, our, beloved, our loved ones who have died and our guardian angels and our spiritual guides all pull together and they're there for us because I really, really believe that we have what is called a 
um, divine game plan when we come down here. We are in contact before we're born with all of our family on the other side from all of our previous lives, from all of our friends, from previous lives, everybody we ever loved. We're, we're in, um, we're in a state of grace with them up there. And we say, you know what? We're going to go down and we are going to go back into the earth plane with a purpose. None of us here, Tina, are here just for the fun of it. We're here with a life purpose and sometimes that purpose isn't really made known to us until later in life some people get it right away you know when they're children they get it they do it they leave i mean it, you know being on this earth plane is not the the beginning and the end of all it's not our alpha and our omega by any stretch of the imagination we're here to do a job and then leave and some people their their life purpose is not to grow old and decrepit, their life, their their goal is to get done what they need to do on the earth plane and leave, go back to their real home. This is just a temporary home. Our, our body breaks down, but our soul is eternal. And so we come down here onto the earth plane being born into a family that I believe we chose, people that we chose to be with, to, to begin our, uh, our journey to discover and complete our purpose. And we get when we get close to that, our guides start showing up and our loved ones on the other side start showing up to keep us on that path because there are a lot of forks in the road. And it's not like our life is written um, in concrete before we come down here so we can, we can not do wrong or get off the path or make choices. We always have choices and one of our choices is to change our mind and not do it. That's a choice. Um, but I believe that my life purpose was to, at this time, in, on the earth plane, was to get the message out that our intuition, with all the changes that are going on in the hospital, with the way our doctor's hands are tied by hospital policy, with the changes in healthcare, it's time to get back to listening to ourselves and be proactive in our health and you know seriously tina if you don't have them you know grow a pair of lady gonads you're up against male doctors <laughs> you know sometimes you've got to reach in that pocket and pull them out and look at them they're pretty and they're pink and say no i won't be dismissed no i'm not going to take no for an answer um you will listen to me and if you don't, I'll go somewhere else to somebody else who will. And I think it's important to self-advocate. And I believe that that is my life purpose, and I'm living it now uh, by sharing with women, yes, you can be spoken to by, by guides. Yes, you did see your loved one in your dream. Yes, you do have a life purpose or you wouldn't be here. Big contact them. Be in touch with your guides, your your guardian angels who are with you every single day. You are their job. Well, let's talk about how you do that because I am on the same page with you completely. And I'm wondering if, if you can address blocking our natural intuition or signs that we're doing it or how not to or how to use it. Let's get into a little bit about using it and not, you know, putting it aside or causing obstacles where we can't 
hear it or feel it or see it? Well, I think it's perfectly natural to block something that you don't want to hear. Um, you know, and that may be why they had to keep coming back to me in my dreams every single night. My doctors told me I was healthy. I had tests that proved it. I didn't want some guy coming into my dreams saying, you have breast cancer, you're not healthy. You want to block that, you want to ignore that. But it's so important that you not block it, that you go and look for the validation. And here's an easy way to do it. I actually have an agreement with my guides. They do not talk to me during the day. Talk to me through my dreams. Speak to me through my meditations. And they are more than happy to do that. And that opens up another whole world to which we can be enriched. We can meet all of ourselves, our inner selves. We are made up of so much more than the ego, super ego, and the id. So much more. There are lots and lots of little people in us. They're just amazing. And one of the best ways to set the stage is meditation. I do meditation every single night. And I do Reiki on myself and a whole group of friends. And I do that as my, my medical follow-up for my spirit. Because we are a combination of body and spirit. So if you are doing something for your body, whether it's taking a, a specific medicine, uh, changing your diet, exercise, you have to also feed your spirit. And another way is I keep a dream journal beside my bed. And I know I run into friends all the time who say, I don't dream, I don't dream. Everything that's alive dreams. Some of us just don't remember them. Again, like you said, it's that block. We throw that block up or we go so deep into our dreams that we forget to bring them back with us. Um, and they're important information. So the first thing I would do is if you want to open up the door to that, I don't call it psychic realm. I call it the intuitive realm. And we are all intuitive. We are all born with a degree of intuity, just of intuition. So I'm going to teach your listeners how to get in touch with their inner guidance through dreams. Put a notebook next to your bed. And I find that there are actually seven categories of dreams. And I'm just going to go through them really quick. And these categories of dreams overlap. What I do is I stick to seven. Seven is a sacred number. Anyhow, some people say, oh, well, you know, there's like 14, there's 21. Yeah, I'm sure there are, but I'm not going to remember that. These are really easy to remember, and they're going to make sense to you. As soon as I say them, you're going to go, oh, yeah, of course, I do that. The first one is daydream. You know, you're awake, but you're no longer focused on a task. And so your mind begins to wander or float. And it goes to that realm where you speak to yourself. I, mean, I don't know about you, but I talk to myself all the time. And my husband will go, you're talking to yourself again. Oh, yeah. All the time. I talk to myself all the time. <laughs> great answers. Well, that's part of daydreaming. And that's so important. You're in touch with yourself. So if you can't remember your dreams, hey, you just remembered one. You daydream. Write down the information you get. Carry a notebook around with you in your purse. And then you've got your lucid dreams. Now you're asleep at night. And the type of uh, lucid dream is where you suddenly realize, yeah, I'm dreaming. Oh, my gosh, I am dreaming. And then you forgot what you dreamed. But it doesn't matter. 
you had a lucid dream. You, you knew that you were dreaming. As you get more proficient in remembering your dreams, you can become more active in a lucid dream. You can change the outcomes. You can work through problems. You can contact your inner self in that dream to help you work through a marriage problem, a problem with your child, a problem at work. It is an incredible, incredible tool in your, in your dreams. The next one is your nightmares. And nightmares are actually a gift. Nightmares often occur to people who have trouble remembering their dreams. They say, oh, all I ever have is nightmares. <laughs> you have a lot of other dreams too, but since you're not remembering them, you couldn't forget this one, could you? I had lucid nightmares. I had prophetic nightmares. And I validated them with medical tests and information on the internet. So, you know, that's what a nightmare is all about, remembering it. So thank the nightmare, uh, because otherwise it would have just been another dream that you forgot. Then you have the recurring dreams, and you can have those with your nightmares, your lucid dreams, your daydreams. And the reason you have recurring dreams is because you didn't get it the first time, or you didn't solve it. And so it keeps coming back and tapping you on the shoulder in your dream state. Another one is your healing dream, which gives you emotional or physical information about an illness you may have, or an illness somebody else may have, or it may help you adjust your spirit in the form of your chakras. Um, you know, because we are body and spirit, and when the spirit is in, in, in stress, the body cries out. So sometimes when you're in the dream state, in that other state, you can actually adjust your chakras with a healing dream. I have them in my book. They were just profound. And then your prophetic dream. And those are dreams that come true and can be, and this is really important, they must be validated by scientific tests, life events, somebody else, information on the Internet. They must be validated to be prophetic. And then finally, one of my favorite dreams, I just love these, my epic dreams. And they're basically like entertaining, uh, an entertaining storybook or a movie. And you just keep picking it up and it gives you a break from reality. Those are the seven types of dreams. I asked Kathleen to provide a few more tips to help us use our dreams. It's so easy to forget them. Doesn't that drive you crazy? You wake up, you've had a dream. And then within a few minutes, you've totally forgotten what you were dreaming about. And it was so vivid at the time. If we want to use our dreams to help us make better decisions, then we obviously need to remember them. Early morning, the first of all, when you go to sleep after you've done your meditation at night or your dream or whatever you're going to do, you verbally voice your intention to remember your dream before you go to sleep. Okay. Now bringing into the earth realm from the other realm. You are manifesting you are attracting law of attraction you are telling the universe what you would like to do and the universe listens early morning dreams are the easiest ones to remember so keep that notebook right beside your bed and when you wake up write down what you do remember don't worry if you don't remember the whole dream don't put yourself up over that you're going through baby steps write down whatever it is if you are still having trouble remembering Lie back down in the bed in the exact same position you were in when you woke up and try to remember 
anything at all. If the mm. dream is still elusive, write down your feelings that you had when you first woke up. Were you happy, sad, frightened, content, anxious? I mean, you might be anxious because you can't remember the dream. So forget that one. You know, what was your feeling? And then write down your color. What color do you remember in the dream? Hmm. What color was real to you? And some people say, well, I never dream in color. I only dream in black and white. What I found in my dreams is when I'm dreaming about the earth plane, it tends to be in black and white. And when I'm dreaming a an intuitive dream, it's in vivid color. Start watching for that in your dreams because that is almost like your psyche's way of letting you know where you are. Are you on the earth plane dealing with earth issues or are you on the spiritual plane dealing with your psyche issues? Are you dealing with body? Are you dealing with mind? Are you flipping back and forth between the two? So, and, yeah. and actually, don't worry about that now. Just, you know, write down your color. And then write down, give your dream a title. And, and you know, one that pops into your mind when you think of that dream, like, this is a dream I can't title because I don't remember it. That's fine. Dream with no title. You know, and then in, if some part of that dream returns during the day, jot it down on a piece of paper and add it to your dream journal. Over time, your dreams are going to become longer and you're going to begin to interface with yourself and your guides. Remember, we all have guides. We're their job. And meeting yours in your dream is a wonderful step to a more fulfilling life. You don't have to go this life alone. And finally, if you are thinking about a deceased family member when you wake up, chances are very, very good that you were talking to one. And sometimes we don't recognize them. And that's where validation comes in. When I've spoken to my mother, who has been dead now for almost 15 years, um, when I speak to her in the dreams, she's younger than I am. Because when we die, on the other side, we go back to our prime. And so when we're speaking with those people, they all look hot. I'll tell you, Tina, they must have great gyms over there on that other side. Oh, I can't wait. Um <laughs> And it wasn't until she was leaving me in the dream and saying things that I remembered before I woke up that when I woke up, I saw, thought, oh, my goodness, that was my mother. Wow. This is Get Fit, Stay Healthy, podcast number 45, featuring Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and the psychic aspects of healing. Back to a little more about intuition. I was curious about when it develops or if she believes we are all born with it. And of course, I wanted to hear about her second battle with breast cancer. I believe that we are all born with intuition. And then society gets a hold of us. And, you know, our religious beliefs uh, tell us, no, you cannot hear voices. You cannot be intuitive. Um, false prophets. Shut that off. Beat that out of them. Don't let them talk about it. And so it's suppressed. And a lot of times when you have a very intuitive child and it's suppressed like that, their dreams are suppressed with it because that's how they're getting their communication through the dream channel. Oh, so okay. People say, well, I don't dream. They're probably very intuitive. They really? shut the door. They shut the door. And with good reason, you don't want to alienate your family. You don't want to be put on restriction. You don't want to have everything you love taken away from you and sit in the corner all day long. <laughs> You know, and I, I just want to interject um, for those of you listening, of course, that it's, you know, Kathleen is, um, comes from a background that's very 
quote, normal. I mean, if you're listening to this, and this is the kind of stuff I love. I haven't really addressed this much in my podcast, but I have talked about the mental aspects of being healthy. Kathleen, you were born into a military family. Um, You lived in Europe. You've taught special ed. You have a degree. I mean, it's not like you just woke up and started being some sort of psychic person that's, you know, explaining how your dreams talk to you. I mean, you obviously operate in, quote, just normal average society like everybody else. So I, I think that sometimes people might think those of you that appreciate this or have some gifts in this are completely, you know, from another planet. You know, you're you're fitting your gifts into what is a basic, basically very normal, everyday existence like anyone else you would see in the grocery store. I got a degree in special ed. I taught the profoundly emotionally disturbed for 10 years. I taught psychology at University of South Florida, Fort Myers Branch. And if you saw me, I'm an extremely conservative person. I, I was born and raised in Europe. My dad was a Green Beret. And he didn't even really believe in life after death. <laughs> Well, of course, of course. (laughs) And I said, well, you're in for a big surprise. But anyhow, getting back, I kept my gifts quiet. The intuitive aspect in my family came from my mother's side. And I think she realized it when I was about two years old. So I grew up being okay with it. It really didn't hit her or me until I went to kindergarten and started drawing auras. And my mother said to me, do you really see this stuff? And I said, yeah, I see it everywhere. Well, let me jump ahead then um, to the second time. Now we've we heard the story of uh, the bathtub because then you got cancer again. I had the chiefs of everybody at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute watching me because the doctors said the reason that the cancer wasn't caught up wasn't caught in the mammograms is because they're only good, as good as the people who take them and the people who read them. So I started having my mammograms done at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute where um, a radiologist, the doctor trained in reading them, read them in front of me. You know, you didn't leave, you didn't get redressed. And so oh, interesting. Tent, and, and you're standing right beside him while he's reading them. Well, I was standing there and he goes, Mrs. Panovitz, you're healthy. Congratulations. It's the five-year mark. You can go home. And one of the guides orbed in. Now, you have to realize at this point, they are working very, very closely with me. So the, the guide orbed in and said, tell him to look over here. And um, so I pointed to the, the mammogram and I said, what about over here? And he said, that's not the breast that had the cancer. This one was your healthy go home. And I said, but look closer. Is there anything there? And he turned in his chair and he looked up at me and he said, this is cannabis. You're healthy. Go home. And I said, I really need an MRI. So I did. I went home. And that night, bringing us back to the dreams, I went back to my doctor the next morning. Well, it turns out I was already in stage four. (gasps) Stage four? Stage four lobular cancer. Oh, my gosh. And that sent them running for the hill. Getting back to the dreams that worked again because it was validated with scientific tests. You need to be involved in every aspect of your life, including your health. And when you just go into um, a medical institution who have who have hospital policies where the hospital is the main focus, not the patient, the hospital, and, and they have to make money, which I understand. They have to make that money to keep it going. But your intuition is very, very important because if you leave yourself out of self-advocating, you're leaving a big portion of your own health 
care program to uh, whims. You're handing all of your life into the hands of your doctors and you're putting too much responsibility on them and you're not taking enough responsibility for yourself. You need to be a team. My main um, message is for cancer people, but you can use everything I've used as far as finding my cancer and dealing with it and coming through that for any life crisis. Of course, we could have talked for hours and still not covered everything. In fact, we did talk for about an hour and a half, and I've tried to edit this down for you guys. So I'll leave a Kathleen story kind of at this point, but here's how you can find her online and you know reach her directly. Any of your listeners uh, can find me on my website, which is www.survivingcancerland.com, and click on my Facebook Twitter, and LinkedIn. Uh, you can go to my blog page up at the very top and in a big yellow square it says Kathy's blog. Go there, join my blog. Everything we talked about here, it's on my blog. The different dreams, the type of dreams, how to write your dreams down. Um, there's a lot of great articles and information. If you're going to cancer, there's a blog on there on how to get early compensation um, so if you can't work, uh, go to those blogs and read them. They're, they're very helpful. Share them to your friends who are going through cancer treatment. So much of what Kathleen has said could possibly change a life, right? Could be yours, could be somebody you care about. So pass it along if this resonates with you even a tiny bit. And even if it doesn't, please keep it in mind if someone brings up breast cancer or cancer or something to do with intuition, you could be the conduit to uh, changing, saving someone's life. And I truly believe that, or I would not have featured Kathleen and this subject. Hey, reminder, tinaandersonoc.com is up. It is done. It's just that I'm tweaking it because I have to sit with stuff for a while. So I've looked at it and my incredible designer is fixing it for me and doing some other stuff, but I'm almost there. And uh, I promise you, you're going to see some very cool things unfold as I finish up on some tweaking that kind of goes behind the scenes. But everything's in one place now, so you can go there for my fitness stuff and my media stuff, tinaandersonoc.com. Don't forget uh, also our new vegan tropical strawberry debut, Shakeology, happened on Valentine's Day, and I have been sending out a lot of samples. Thank you for those of you that have contacted me via this podcast. I meant what I said, and I have sent three samples out. That might not seem like a lot, but it takes a lot to respond and ask, and I have done that, and I will if you're serious about it. Okay, so what's going on next uh, segment? Well, I've got a good one. It's breaking plateaus. Nothing more frustrating than training and weight loss plateaus. Doing everything right, scale's not changing, flows aren't getting any looser. Let's talk about that specifically, and I also want to get into metabolism sort of boosting. How to do it, or can you? Until then, make good choices, set appropriate boundaries, spread some good vibrations in the world, find something to laugh about every day, and please, you know I'm always begging you on this, manage your stress before it manages you. This is Tina Anderson with Battleground Fitness and Get Fit, Stay Healthy, asking you to do the same. And don't forget, I want you to find me at tinaandersonoc.com.